Hey, folks. Uh, 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 Jeff Salzman here. Welcome to the Daily Evolver Live. I think we got here uh, in good shape, and I'm here with Encore Delight. Hey, Encore. Hey, Jeff. Happy to be back. Yeah. Happy November. As the world turns, you know, getting right. getting closer to that that darkness. The cold. Yeah. Yeah. Here in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to don't want to exhibit too much hemisphericism. That's true. That's true. My friends in Argentina are having like a great summer right now. <laughs> I know. Well, so here we are, and the topic we have picked for today is the UAW strike, United yeah. Worker Strike, which ended on Monday, and you suggested it encore, and so maybe I just uh, turn it over and see what you're thinking and chime in as moved yeah great so there's there's two parts of this that i want to talk about um one is actually what happened and one is just one quote that's a little bit of rhetoric that i have a bone to pick with but let's just talk about what happened and i looked at reuters i looked at the economic policy institute which is probably like a liberal think tank yeah and i looked at the financial times okay and I was really surprised that they all were pretty much in a, in agreement that this was a big win for the for the auto workers, and it was like a long deserved win. Yeah, and it and it goes back to the um, the crisis in two thousand eight and the kind of restructuring that happened with these companies, and the fact that like workers had to give up cost of living adjustments and, and a lot of other things. And so the the wages, I think, what was the, look at the stats here. According to one of these things, the wages, like real wages, you know, inflation adjusted wages have had declined 20% since 2008 to now. And at the same, at the same time, when the treasury department stepped in for, I think two of those three companies, not, not Ford, but the other two, they were like, Hey, no more of these like big um, bonuses to, to this to the stockholders and dividends and all that and so that stopped for a while and then that ended in 2013 and since 2013 like the pay of like ceos at upper management and all that has, has gone up by 40 percent and around that time consumer prices have also gone up 40 percent so you will be happy to know that the ceos are not they're not feeling that that pain of inflation because their salary went up constantly with with inflation so that's great but the other people, the vast majority of people associated with these companies are feeling basically the, the opposite. And so they're kind of getting back on track is, is the idea. Yeah. And, and even the Financial Times, I was looking for some kind of counter narrative to this and they didn't really give it to me. They only, they only had one little comment about how this could affect the competitiveness of these three companies vis-a-vis -vis other auto, auto manufacturers. But then they followed that up with the whole paragraph about how one of these ratings agencies which of course now I totally distrust after the 2008 thing, but just upgraded the rating of Ford right after this agreement. And they were like, yeah, they're going to have increased labor costs, but it's not a big deal because they have all these other things going for them. Um, so yeah. it just seems like a like a pretty big win yeah. for for the workers and for the, the role of like unions in our society. Yeah, Maybe I'll have you like reflect on that from your integral lens and then yeah. I'll get to my little bone to pick. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And that's the sense I get in, uh, you know, my uh, surveying of of the media that there's, this is not a uh, out of line. There's nobody, well, actually Fox Business, let me read a paragraph from them. Well, there's, I'll, I'll read it in a second, but, um, you know, there's three really big pillars to the deal. And, um, and, and in some ways, this feels like the, the modern battle or the, even the postmodern battle of between labor and, you know, the, the management and so forth. It was, it was very civilized in its, in its way. It was intelligent. Uh, the, the strike, it wasn't this big brutal strike where they brought down, you know, they, everybody walked out, they did this plant and then they did this plant. And they planned it. This this UAW president Sean Fain was, his, I guess, just did a virtuoso performance. So it wasn't. It was demonstrating power without actually, in a sense, using it. And mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I, I like that about it. And that feels like it's evolutionarily appropriate because it's basically just more intelligence being brought onto the system. So anyway, there's this race. This uh, the raise you're talking about, it's 25% over time, I guess. Uh, same salary for everybody doing the same job. That's that's um, that's an interesting pillar of the deal. And then there's they will have the ability to strike in retaliation for plant closures, which is the third pillar. And that's really interesting, too. Um, the same salary for everybody doing the same job is a way of you know leveling that field where somebody with seniority or it's, it's 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 always when you can play with somebody making more who's doing the same job then it just opens the whole um sort of system to criticism you know the criticism of postmodernity is why is this person this person been there longer but yet they were privileged and it's white and it's male and whatever so they did away with that and, and it, that's me- that's very interesting yeah, and to me, it also seems like it would weaken the union. Like, I don't know much about, like, the mechanics of this union, but, like, yeah. in the spirit of the workers being like, we are together on this, Yeah, um, it, it would really weaken that if you're like, well, we're supposedly together, but there's this whole range of salaries for people doing the same job. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. So, the, so with this, it strengthens yeah. the union. Yeah, that's, yeah, I would say so, too. And then also striking in retaliation for plant closings. Um you know, I lived through the um, the the beginning of the Rust Belt. It was I was in Youngstown, Ohio, in the 1974 when the all the steel mills closed, and they closed because this is the, you know the, the really the beginning of that kind of globalization that just hollowed out the middle class of that whole swath of uh, you know Rust Belt America, and we st- everybody started buying steel from Japan, and that was that. So these communities are decimated they're still decimated encore when i go back home to where i grew up the downtowns are empty except for a you know tattoo parlor you know it's that kind of thing and um so you can't do that anymore you can't just ravage a town by just closing the you know the the one of the major sources of employment and just walk away because it makes sense to your you know shareholders and I like that. It all feels like a move towards, you know, a more a green, um, you know, egalitarian, 
taking more into account, fair um, kind of a system. And um, so I, I like that. But I will read. <laughs> this is the worst yeah. criticism I read of it. And this is from Fox Business. And, and it's basically the, the elimination of the tiered wage system really rankled a lot of the people on the right because it's sort of like it's anti-meritocracy. Okay, that's how they see it. In, in a sense, it is, you know, but here we go. U.S. Uh, recently, UPS eliminated their two-tiered wage system. If the UA, UAW secures this concession, which they did, the auto industry would be the next domino to fall, putting American industry on the perilous path of self-imposed decline. Negotiators need no, look no further than communist Mao Zedong's China in the 1950s and 60s to see the disastrous economic effects of this policy. When everyone is paid the same, regardless of their performance or skills, the motivation to excel dissipates. And, you know, if they're reaching back to Mao <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the 50s yeah, and it's, 60s. It's definitely more ideological. I'm good with, you know, argument. You know, yeah, but but I I'm curious because the tiered system, like I don't and I don't know the details of it. I can yeah. imagine a way in which it is an actual meritocracy, but I'm yeah. really doubtful that that's how it's implemented. Like if you have you know salespeople work on commission, the more you work, the more business you do, the more you get. That's meritocratic, makes sense to me. I don't know how that applies to what's going what's going on here in these jobs. Yeah, I don't either. And, you know, it's interesting to think about the dynamics of groups and teams. Um, there, There's a, a principle that Steve Jobs brought forth, uh, at least named and, you know, described, you know, basically the theory of the A player. And this is what he was completely dedicated to, that he wanted all A players and he was ruthless, you know, Steve Jobs, people would like shiver in their boots when he walked down the hall. He was a, you know, an autocrat. But his goal was to have teams of A players because his idea was when everybody's an A player, um, then you get 10 times the results. And also the, they, these A players love it so much. They're not your normal people on court. They don't really want life balance. They like working through the night. They like getting phone calls. Or two. They like being in that, you know, we're really following this guy into building the future, which, you know, to, to work closely with Steve Jobs or work in Apple at that time was would have been, you know, something you tell your grandchildren. So, and then it becomes self-policing. And this is the part that's interesting because they don't want, the team itself doesn't want to put up with uh, yeah. free riders you know, or anybody who's not playing at their level. I think there's something, you know, so what these A players, the way Steve Jobs describes them is what is that? 1% of the population, it, they're a rarefied group. Uh, not everybody's going to be that way, but is there a way of having teams be, um, you know, self-policing in a human way? Uh, you know, think back of indigenous, you know, people, everybody was doing their best. And they were, you know, part of the that liquid community. Um, I think, I think that you know, we're smart enough to get more of that online. And I think this is a step in that direction. Yeah, I, I definitely see the future of organization as being more decentralized control over over culture and and incentives. 
right? And so it may, it makes sense that like the people who are in the room are going to have more of a say about what happens in the room and how how they work together. Yeah, and and everyone's going to arrive at, at a different equi- equilibrium for the culture that they're interested in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, of course, you know, if you talk about the different cultures, that's another one of the critiques of this uh, deal is that it's raising labor costs in America, which incentivizes the companies to use the um, factories in Mexico. You know, that sort of thing. I I was surprised that there wasn't more of a pushback in that direction uh, because that's the globalist argument. And there has to be a, you know, and I think there is actually just a consciousness and cultural reaction to that. Uh, that they're, uh, even with um, the, um, and of course the government plays a big role in this, a big role. It's like with the electric cars now. If they don't have a certain percentage of parts made in America, then they don't get the $7,000, you know, they don't get the discount. There's some, you know, incentives that the government can control that, um, you know, you're always trying to uh, balance as evolution continues to create a more egalitarian society over time. And it does. So anyway, I'll stop there because I know that yeah, it sticks in your craw. And I'm, no, that's, I'm... that's that's great. Let me, let me just share this quote with you. Okay. So this, was, this was the part that I was like, I mean, it just, <laughs> it just goes right to my, right to my heart. Oh, good. And this is the, the UAW president. He said, we wholeheartedly believe our strike squeezed every last dime out of General Motors. They underestimated us. They underestimated you. Yep. And what I guess what I'm looking for, you know, is is a little bit more understanding of the joint nature of this project. Like, and, and this, this is like kind of like old school labor relations where it's just like, there's like the labor and the capitalists and they hate each other and they're doing their best to like, ex- I mean, the capitalists are doing their best to exploit the labor um, and they usually do a really good job of that. And then the labor is trying to like demonize the capitalists. And this is some of like the, the Bernie rhetoric, yep. which when it comes to the numbers and the policies and all that, I'm, I'm generally like really in favor of it. Yep. But, but the rhetoric... Like, I don't think we need to be like this. It's not like we squeezed, they, they did not actually squeeze every last dime out of General Motors. Like the amount of profits they've been making largely allows for this for this negotiation. And there could have been more. You know, there's just tons of profits these days for them. Like I, I looked up the numbers of the shareholder dividends and CEO company, there's like tons. They didn't actually do that. But why he, he wants to like portray this, like they won this battle, which they did. And, they, and they've been, sacrificed a ton since 2008 and so like i i applaud the sense of victory mm-hmm. but, but to create it as a zero-sum game yeah i just don't think that's the future yeah. of yeah. these of these relationships yeah like we don't want we don't want this to be a zero-sum game because then it ends up that like the only way for the company to win is to just further exploit the employees or move to somewhere else or right. it's just perpetuating this dynamic that's like Who's really going to win in the end with this kind of rhetoric? Yeah, I I can't argue with that, Encore. I I, I think in the sacred world to come, we won't have that kind of rhetoric. Huh! Say that again. 
<laughs> I again. Do think that that's a few generations off, not that far, honestly, at all. But in the meantime, you know, what you're talking about is, um, in a way, you know, critiquing, marginalizing, if you will, that us versus them strata, where, you know, Mike, I'm here to fight the devil. I'm here to fight, man, you know, yeah. and I'm not here to listen to the devil and I'm not here to, you know, I'm here to win. Uh, and um, that's a strata that is in everybody. It's in Sean, what's his name? Sean Fain. Yeah. yeah. It's in all these auto workers and a lot of these auto workers, they're not, you know, operating from a postmodern, they're modern, whatever they're, they know how to work in the system and all of that stuff. But there is a natural sort of win, lose, zero sum. That tier is still online. And I just sort of, I think I make more room for, or I, you know, I, I surrender to it maybe more than you do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just so, um, it's I don't, I don't know. The, it's, it's, there's no option where that doesn't exist, I guess is what I'm saying. That's true, but it's yeah. it's not the future and it's not necessary. Like this, it's kind not of the future and it's not necessary. In the but, future, we'll know it's not necessary. Yeah, and what I what I think is so great. I mean, clearly, like you said, this guy, from what I read, he did an amazing job. Yeah, and 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 it, and there is this like the the capitalist dudes are definitely operating from this framework of like yes. we're gonna we're gonna just squeeze all the labor out of you and not pay you for it. Yes. And so he he did an amazing job of like the strategy and the tactics and that requires thinking in that zero sum competitive way. Yes. So to me, that's really appropriate the way that like they played the game and they won the game. You know, this, it's like we're talking about, there's these games, like their team won this round of negotiations. It's really good, but it's in service. And this is the part that I think we forget the whole game. It's just a game. It's in service of the whole. And in the whole, that they're all on the same side of making us awesome cars. Yes. You know, and, and that's like, that's the part where I feel like the rhetoric is missing it. Where it's like, dude, you killed it. You killed it in the negotiations. Yeah. And like, now, now let's just like kill it ideologically by getting every, you can push everyone to the next level. Yeah. Of like next, next time when they understand that supporting us is in their best interest, we won't have to close any plans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this deal is a big step in the direction you're talking about, honestly, you know, in terms of, again, this sort of surgical strike, which is literally what they did, these little surgical strikes. Um, that's new, you know, where the, the actual, you know, there's a rhetorical reality and then there's a real reality. I think that's probably always been true. Uh and that rhetorical reality, it's still fun to fight and win and say we got everything we could and we beat those bastards. And I, I'm not sure that that, I, I know that's politically effective. There's no doubt about it uh, because that's, you know, that's a big bell for a lot of people that's ringing. It, it, in three generations, will that bell be ringing? It'll be ringing in a, in a, way of play more fun than it is now with fight um because it's an important bell it's a lot of passion there you know we just don't want to be thinking our way forward um so i don't know but i think you know we sort of lay out the 
uh, terrain, right? We're, we're, we're sort of understanding it better. You're helping me to understand it better. You know, because it's not necessary and it is a, um, um, and it's certainly not necessary at all for probably 20 or 30% of the population like you and me. I put us in that category. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. Get... I wouldn't have a negotiation and ever gloat about it. I just it wouldn't occur to me to do that. Yeah, and there is there is. I mean, it's it's helpful you're saying this because there is something really positive and really necessary about yeah. this vein of of commentary or celebration, which is the, the last part. They underestimated us. They underestimated you. This is really like we did this together. Yeah, you are a group. You are fused. We have this identity. We care about each other. Ours, we the whole like union thing, which is so yeah. beautiful. Like together, we're strong, right? Yes. And I don't know if you've ever read God, what is that book called? It's one of the Steinbeck books. It's totally amazing. And they're th about these union organizers for the farm workers. No, I oh, didn't. I used to read the last year, but it wasn't about that. It's an incredible book, and nobody is a good guy in this whole yeah. book. <laughs> it is so morally complex and ambiguous and you and you love the characters but there's a part where in the beginning there's a camp of um i think they're i don't know if they're like striking farm workers or i might be just tramps or you know some, some dudes living in the forest they need something to unite them this woman's giving birth and he's like he goes out there and he's like i need i'm just gonna butcher this it's totally not what happened but it's the same feel I need 20 people to tear off their shirts and rip them into pieces and sanitize them and bring them to me. Otherwise this woman's going to die. And that, and then everyone does that. It totally wasn't necessary. You find out later, but he was like, those people, they needed to feel involved in this process. And they, I gave them what they wanted and they felt involved and they, everybody felt connected to that birth and that woman. Yeah. And, the, and it, it brought everybody together that they did that thing. And that's the feeling that you want people to have. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that you can give people that feeling and celebrate their success, like we've talked about week after week, without having an enemy to demonize. <laughs> we actually don't need that to feel like we did something together. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Well, I mostly agree with that. I think some people do need it. Um, and that's okay. What a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, the, 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 the kids on the playground. It's like, you know, there they are. And that's a lot of people. You know, they've still got a lot of kid in them. And it's not always a good way. No, I mean, but this is what I'm saying is like there there's a need there. And the need, like on the playground, there's there's a, maybe there's a need for belonging, mm -hmm. and there's a need for a structure and understanding my role, and mm -hmm. there's ways of communicating that need and getting that need met mm -hmm. that don't look like bullying. Yeah, well, and the bullying right. often is like not even effective. And, yes, you know, yeah. no. And so that's true. that's what I'm saying with this statement yeah. is yeah. that they, there's a way to meet the need yeah. the statement is meeting, but in yeah. a way that's even better. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Ankur. So I'm going back to high school. So we're in the championship of the region or whatever in Western Pennsylvania. And we're, our basketball team is playing the uh, Mohawk team. And they're, they're just in the next town. 
just yeah. a lot of uh, white people and you know sort of italians and poles it's just all just the same kind of people as we are well we had these cheers where we're down with them and this and that and it's you know the whole thing of of you know they're the enemy and we're on the bus and we're yelling and we're screaming and we're you know and there, I can still remember the glory of that. And and when I look back on it, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, we didn't look far for an enemy. It was just, you know, down the street, the next, like, farm town. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th that's, um, can we do that and go and fight fiercely like Sean Fain did as the UAW president? Um and not have that um, contraction of the other hatred oh, of the other. Yes, yes, fueling. We can. And you here's can, here, we can. here's two two examples. Oh, two course. examples. You can. Okay. So one is so I played ultimate frisbee in college, and there is I don't know if you're familiar with that sport. Oh at all. sure, totally. Yeah, you're in Boulder. Yeah, yeah. So th there's a thing at every after every ultimate frisbee game where you huddle your team and come up with a cheer that you sing about the other team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. After you've battled them really sweatily and really intensely and people getting injured for the whole game. Uh -huh. And you celebrate their victories oh, and you man, celebrate so your good. good qualities and their good qualities. That's so good. Right? But I, you, felt that, I bet that felt good. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's really awesome. So that's that's possible. And it doesn't mean you're not competitive. And it doesn't mean you right. don't feel good about yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you weren't stoked to win or you're not bummed to lose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. all those things are still true. Yes. So there's that. Okay. And then the other side, this is the side of the irony irony side, is at Stanford, they had I went to one basketball game. It's not really my thing, but they had um these cheers. And I don't know if it's I think they had it was called the sixth man club. Some kind of like cheering. Maybe it was the band. Again, I don't know. But their cheers, the two I remember, where one was kill, maim, dismember. And the second was punish them for crimes they did not commit. <laughs> and these were awesome things to yell that like you felt a real sense of unity as a crowd. You know, this whole like, I am the crowd. I am support. I'm part of this tribe. But they were very clearly ironic and like oh, wow. obviously obviously we're not dissing that the other is team. hysterical <laughs> so there's just ways to do it right there's ways to that's, do it thank like, you well that's you know we're, uh, talking about we're gonna have this but it'll be in playful context where we're all having a good time yeah uh, that's the sacred world to come that's it i mean that you're paving the way man that that's those are both excellent examples yeah i love it, it. absolutely love it yeah, God, I was so excited. I mean, I didn't want to really go to a basketball game, but to be chanting with like 500 other people, punish them for crimes they did not they commit. Did not commit. Is... I love that. That is so great. And what was the first one? Dismember. Kill, kill, maim, dismember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so good. Well, that, that uh, you know, uh, I'm always delighted to see a new emergent of culture. And it feels like I just saw uh, that. So, yeah. So thank you, Jeff. How about that, man? Thanks for doing That's this. Fantastic. Me. I love this. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you. If there's anybody listening, we don't do much promotion here, but we have a good time. And um, yeah, so um